Welcome to the podcast, Selling Real Estate with Kelly Cook, where we will discuss the latest and most relevant business strategies to help you do one thing extremely well, sell more homes. We'll discuss everything from business planning to lead generation and conversion to past client customer service and everything in between. Join us for authentic conversations and nuts and bolts takeaways you can implement into your business today. And now, Selling Real Estate with Kelly Cook. Welcome back to another episode of Selling Real Estate with Kelly Cook. I have Kelly Cook here in Arizona. I'm in Omaha. It snowed this weekend. Not having fun here. Kelly, how are you doing today? How is how is beautiful Arizona? <laughs> it's, it's great. It's great. I should have, I mean, the windows closed behind me because it's so hot outside. So, oh, yeah. Just so know? bright and sunny out there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. No, it's actually kind of cooler today. It was like, you know, I don't know what it was, but I think it's a high of like 90, uh, Three or 94 today which is like a cold front it's like oh my kind of cool oh yeah okay that's a that's a cool front 90 <laughs> degrees that's cool that's okay I, w- I wouldn't I wouldn't trade you I don't like the heat I don't like to sweat so at least it's a dry heat right it's a dry heat <laughs> That's right. It's a dry heat, guys. Come yeah. on down to Arizona. Everyone else is doing it. Come on. <laughs> yes. So along with um, weather changing uh, for those of us who live in four-season climates, um, there is something else that is kind of coming up um, in this time of year every four years, and that would be the election, the presidential election. Yes. Um, as we all know, I mean, every year the things get crazy. So much is always up in the air. Um, we know that, you know, after those election results, things can change with the stock market. Um, you know, businesses make different decisions based on who gets elected, kind of what what they're projecting that might look like. Um, you know, there's, whether it's a lasting change or not, there is always some toss up um, during that election season and uh, depending on who gets um, who gets elected. Uh, real estate is no different, I assume. So, you know, a lot, um, a lot can ride on, on those election results. So today we're gonna, we're gonna kind of dive into how the election can affect real estate and what that might look like um, kind of after November 3rd. So Kelly, yes. what do you think? Very good. <laughs> I, I have some, I have some thoughts on this, right? And this, by the way, this is not meant to be political whatsoever, right? That's, we're not in the business of that right now. That's for sure. That's for all the other smart or not smart people to debate, right? <laughs> um, you can make the debate on that alone right there, right? Um, but anyways, uh, so we're, we're interested in what potentially could happen in real estate, right? Um, after the election. Now, tra- let me just say this. Traditionally speaking, no matter who gets in office, typically it does not immediately, at least in the short term, affect the real estate market. It affects consumer confidence in potentially who's in there. But presidents don't, um, White House staff, they don't dictate what the real estate market does. Policies do, mm-hmm. right? <clears throat> so that being said, you should know who you're going to vote for, what their policies are. Forget all of the, the, the showmanship stuff and, and the crazy questions that don't mean anything anyways, right? And all this other, these interviews and debates and blah, 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 blah. In my personal opinion, forget all that. What are the policies they stand for and will actually try to implement? That's the big thing, okay? And and I'll go back here to an article written by uh, Inman News um, a little while ago that talks about, you know, what type of president is best for the real estate industry. And the example they use, which is interesting, fascinating, is actually Calvin Coolidge, which, you know, he was president of the United States, you know, about 100 years ago. Um, But yet they they brought up his, uh, his policies, right? Again, who cares about the personality? I mean- relatively speaking, right, for real estate, right? Who cares about all this other stuff? Policies, right? What they are going into and what 
they found is that Calvin Coolidge had one of the best um, policies for real estate in the history of uh, any of our, our American presidents. And what he stands for is specifically this. His, his, his famous quote was saying, I've written down here, the chief business of the American people is business, okay? So the policies have to be pro-business, right? Because so many other things domino effect from small business, especially small business, right? Um, he made sure to do these specific several things. Number one, and this is, again, this is for Inman News. I don't think it's, I don't know if they, I, I have no idea if they're left, right, or whatever politically, right? No clue. But here's what they say. That Coolidge made sure to limit government spending, uh, reduce government oversight and regulation, lower taxes for the middle class, and raise taxes on wealthier families through estate and gift taxing alone, okay? Um, a lot of people try to get there from other directions, right? Income tax and state income tax. And, you know, that's, that's debatable, obviously, right? I'm not here to try to take political sides, but that does, has been proven to not be as small business friendly um, as, um, as other things. So he's saying specifically through a state and give taxing. Um, and then middle class has to have tax cuts because they are the engine of America. And right now we've seen with with uh, our economy last last four, I mean, shoot, 12, even 16, 20 years, right? You see the middle class kind of get smaller and smaller, right? And and the haves get more more haves and the have-nots get more have-nots, right? Um, that's been growing. So um, certainly that's not going to be great for real estate, right? Because you want people who are, quote unquote, on the lower end to be able to uh, afford a house, right? Of some sort, of any sort, to qualify for a mortgage and to experience that dream of homeownership, right? And if so if we eventually make that middle class who always has been homeowners for the most part, right? Shrink um, and, and get smaller and smaller and some go this way, some go that way. Well, then you're going to have obviously a big segment of the population that one day will look up and may not be able to afford a house, right? Mm -hmm. And that's not good, right? And so how do those people become um, or, or make more income, right? Let's say to be able to afford homeownership of some sort, right? Well, it's through job creations and, and better jobs and having low unemployment rates, things of that nature. And guys, we all know the big names out there, the big companies, right? We all know who they are. But the, it's the small businesses that have always driven the heart of America's um, economic engine, um, and, and it still is today. So, the, and, those, and those, those people who own the small businesses, they aren't, you know, they aren't the top 1%, right? Yeah, but they wouldn't be a small business, yeah. They wouldn't be small, <laughs> exactly, right? They're, and I don't, I don't, I don't want to get percentages, right? Because who knows, right? Are they 4%, 7%? It doesn't matter. They're not what you think of when you think of the guy with the gold-plated whatever and, and the private jet, right? That's not them. And so you got to protect that person and give them incentives to continue to hire people and grow their business um, so that they can obviously create jobs. I, I, I heard this quote a long time ago, Elizabeth, and it was such a great quote. It's, I mean, it was so simple. I was like, what? Oh, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. He goes, you know what? Um, I've never met a poor person who ever offered me a job. So unfortunately, um, you, you have to have some people who obviously are higher on the income scale because they are the people who typically, right, who have those businesses of some sort size mm -hmm. that, that employ people and give those people the opportunity to then make income. And then when those people make income, uh, maybe at the lower level, they have the opportunity to then hopefully save and invest, in it, it, albeit maybe on smaller levels, but that can grow and compound over time to where they, if they wanted to ascend, could do it. And that's the American dream. It's not just homeownership. It's that, right? It's that, it's that, it's that idea of having more. So anyways, uh, Calvin Coolidge was obviously a brilliant guy when it comes to the real estate industry for policy. So who is your candidate? And not just at the, the White House level, but also, you know, Senate level, Congress level, 
that supports those policies that um, hopefully will favor homeownership and the real estate industry in general. Because guys, we saw what happened 2005, six and seven with the, with the great recession, right? Mm-hmm. When, that, when the housing uh, industry took a huge nosedive, how many more dominoes did that knock over, right? And other sectors for uh, losing jobs in the construction field, right? Uh, the, I mean, city jobs for planning and zoning. Um, I mean, uh, I mean, loan jobs, right? I mean, it, it, title jobs, it just keeps going. Insurance, it keeps going on and on and on, right? Because the housing sector fell. When the housing sector falls, there's a huge domino effect. So we need a candidate, in my opinion, who supports policies that will support the housing market and the real estate industry. And I think that's what you really need to focus on when you go cast your vote um, here in, in the next you know, several weeks. I can't hear you. Elizabeth, you're on there. Yes, I'm good to say you're muted. I was to say, or you may have already done it too. I mean, you know, people have been have been voting, but over this, so it's not really the election is in November. It's now, but you know that those right. definitely are things you need to look at, especially as real estate agents. This is your this is your business. This is your you know livelihood. So. First thing I got from this, shop local. Second thing I got from this <laughs> is, yeah, it is important to look past, you know, um, some of the the personalities and really look into those policies. And another question I have for you, and I don't know if you'll be able to, be able to answer it, but um, right now we're seeing, you know, historically low inventory everywhere. Um, do you think that even if it's not within policies, but do you think that whoever kind of like with stocks where it's consumer confidence, do you think that the, the housing inventory will change at all with um, kind of the election results? Like, do you think that um, we'll see a, a kind of an immediate, I guess, um, effect of that at all as far as people selling their houses, buying houses, anything like that? I don't, I don't, immediate, I don't, I don't. I think, I think because there's always going to be a lag, right? As soon as, as soon as supply and demand, they're like, um, that's the best way to put it, they're like, um, they're lovers, right? Supply and demand want to be together, right? <laughs> uh-huh. They want, they don't want to be apart. And right now they are apart in almost every single market across the country, right? Um, and so they have to get back to equilibrium, equilibrium to be able to not be a seller's or buyer's market, to be mm-hmm. balanced, right? Well, that takes a while. Right, and so if you're severely, uh, you know, imbalanced on supply, it's going to take longer. If you're close but still off a little bit, it's take, it'll take a little less. So the point is, either way, because of sell cycle real estate, when someone buys a house and puts a contract offer on a pro- on a property, you're talking, you know, in most cases, at least 30 days to close with loan, right, and lending. Mm-hmm. So, so everything's slow in real estate. Definitely not yeah. as volatile as something like the stock market. Stock market, you will see be a lot more volatile. You, you could see a lot of things, a lot of consumers and investors react in the first week or two after the election. But you also remember that the stock market typically prices in ahead of time their thoughts based upon where the general thinking is of, of potentially who might win um, and the policies as such. And also to remember this, states also still play a huge role in this, right? Mm-hmm. So when you're going to vote for governors and that kind of stuff, pay attention, do the same thing. Don't listen to what anyone else tells you. Think for yourself and vote for the person with the best policy. Because you look at like, I mean, let's just be real here. This is not, this is just the truth. Look at New York and California right now as two examples. New Jersey, another one, right? The, the, the amount of income tax at the higher wage earner, not, I don't think it's even like the top 1%, right? Just the higher wage earner is going to have to pay total is going to be around like 60%, right? 60%, you know, in Jersey, New York, and California. I mean, it's, it's depending, on, depending on, the, on the higher income wage, mm-hmm. right, that you earn. That's crazy town, right? So we're seeing specifically in Arizona because we're really close to California, we're seeing a lot of people 
move. I mean, we were just out um, last weekend with one from the Bay Area who was moving to to Phoenix, looking to buy a really nice house because it's still cheap compared to what they pay in the Bay Area, right? And he's out. He's, he said, I've had enough. I, he said he's going to pay equivalent to around 16 point, I think it was 0.4% in state income tax alone this year. Like it's just gotten to the point where he just can't. It, mm-hmm. it, it's, can't handle it. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just still, it's stupid not to do, okay, do something, even if you can afford it still, which these guys still can. Why that's extra money that could go to your, your family, your heirs, right? And that kind of stuff, right? You could go to a charity or something that have good cop, you know, but instead it's out of your pocket going to the government. And we all know that governments in any state, for the most part, generally speaking, governments aren't the best at fiscal responsibility, right? There's a lot of waste going on with, with, with money. Um, and so personally, I'd rather, I'd rather, and most people I think believe they'd rather probably manage their own money than have the government manage it for them. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's so usually shop a more local, vote local. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. And, Absolutely. And, you know what? and think for yourself. And think, think for, for yourself. yourself. Right? Exactly. And, and, and hopefully, you know, the housing market will continue to do good, even if it goes back. I mean, here's the thing. I'll leave it at this. No matter who gets in or whatever, the market at some point, I'm, I'm sure, will will return closer back to equilibrium, right? I mean, it has to. It cannot keep We've up. We've got a lot of fall room here for Correct. it to, to equal out. So, so we're, just, we're just obviously hoping that when that happens, because it always does, it's cyclical, that it, it's not any type of crash like in, you know, 07 or 08, right? Depending on what market you are in the country, and that it's, it's a lot more slower and then gets back down close to equilibrium and then kind of chills there for a little while and then hopefully it goes back, you know, to being a really, you know, balanced, good market for most people. Awesome. Well, that about wraps up where we are today. Um, We will be back next week with a new topic. Uh, If you have any ideas for topics, if you have any specific questions, uh, please like, subscribe, comment. You can email Kelly directly. Where can they reach you, Kelly? If they want to talk about this or any other topic, I mean, we kind of opened up a can of worms talking about all different policies and stuff. So I'm sure you'd love to go on. (laughs) Yeah, a lot of requests for this one. So I assume this will be highly watched. But um, yeah, you can always reach me at Kelly at kellycookhomes.com or my cell phone text or call 480-227-2028 and subscribe and subscribe smash that that like button so that you can see whenever we have oh yeah like button subscribe button whenever we have a new episode and we just fill your brains with so much real estate knowledge so we'll see you next time thanks kelly okay see you elizabeth Welcome to the podcast, Selling Real Estate with Kelly Cook, where we will discuss the latest and most relevant business strategies to help you do one thing extremely well, sell more homes. We'll discuss everything from business planning to lead generation and conversion to past client customer service and everything in between. Join us for authentic conversations and nuts and bolts takeaways you can implement into your business today. And now, Selling Real Estate with Kelly Cook.